Hi, I'm Steve Bartlett, and welcome to Fight Back with Steve Bartlett. Uh, this is where you go every Wednesday night if you want to hear me argue about what I think is ingest in this world. Uh, now, I promised everybody that we're going to be talking about the assault weapons ban from um, 1994 and whether we should reapply it. But while I was in court this morning, I read something on the front page of the uh, Tampa Bay Times that really pissed me off. So I got to bring this up, even though it has nothing to do with um, assault weapons. Uh, it had a front page in the paper today that a guy named Dwight DeBose was released from jail today. He served 17 years in prison for a crime that he didn't commit. He was convicted of first-degree murder, and thank God he wasn't given a death penalty. He was given life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. And the Innocence Project proved that he was completely innocent. Uh, his victim, or the person who they claimed was his victim, was uh, strangled to death. And the person who really committed the crime's DNA was in the fingerprints of uh, the deceased. And 17 years after living like a dog or an animal in state prison, his DNA showed that he was completely innocent of the crime. So the paper had a nice story about how grateful he is to be getting out of jail and how wonderful to be able to see his family again after spending 17 years in prison. Okay? Well... I don't think it's such a touchy-feely story because here's what's really upsetting me. In order for him to get out, the prosecutors who knew that this man was completely innocent, who due to their screw-ups had falsely convicted, they required him to plead guilty to second-degree murder, a crime that he definitely did not commit in order to allow him to get out of jail. Now, why do they do that? Because if they just drop the charges like they're supposed to, they're afraid they're going to get their asses sued off by him but they make him plead guilty to a crime that they know he's completely innocent of in order to save their own asses from getting sued, okay? Another thing that pisses me off is the judge on the case had to accept that plea of guilty to a crime in which there was absolutely no evidence of, the second-degree murder, okay? And a judge has a responsibility to do what's just. So do prosecutors. Prosecutors are not supposed to prosecute innocent people. And judges are not supposed to accept pleas if without any cause. And the judge who had already known that this person was innocent of the crime should not have accepted the plea of guilty to this crime, but it should have told the prosecutor, you're either dropping the charges or we're going to trial, and released him on his own word, ROR. But instead, this man who's been sitting in a hole for 17 years was forced to plead guilty in order to get his way out of jail. And now this man is a convicted felon for the rest of his life. He can never own a gun. He can never vote. He'll probably never get a job, and he'll always be labeled a murderer. That is not what our society is supposed to be about. This man deserves a pardon, okay? Our governor has a right to pardon people, but politicians don't use that power to pardon people who deserve it. Look at Trump. Trump so far has issued two political pardons since he's been president of the United States. Not to people who are innocent, not to people who rotted in prison for crimes they didn't commit, like Mr. DeBose, but he did it for two corrupt public officials, Joe Arpaio, the crazy uh, sheriff who was like a birther like Donald Trump, who blatantly ignored the law. He got a pardon from Trump because he shared the same crazy right-wing agenda as the president. And Scooter Libby, the guy who deliberately outed in a CIA operative, deliberately did this and then lied about it. This is a political politician who deliberately lied to the FBI after outing in a CIA operative, okay? Treasonous action. He pardoned Scooter Libby last week. 
the same guy who says Hillary Clinton should be locked up for a bunch of stupid emails, has no problem pardoning those who commit treason and then lie about it. Why? Because it's political. They're right-wingers. The purpose of the political pardon of the president or by a governor is to protect injustice, not to protect their cronyism. Mr. Dubois deserves an apology. He deserves a check from the state of Florida. And I want his ass voting, not someone barred from voting just because he happened to be a poor black man in the wrong place at the wrong time. So I'm really pissed off about it, and so should you. But what we're here to talk about today is about guns once again, and specifically about the Federal Assault Weapons Ban, or the AWB. A lot of people I know who are gun collectors tell me the same thing, the same propaganda that has been spread by the NRA, and that is assault weapons. There's no such thing as an assault weapon. These people who write the laws about assault weapons don't know what an assault weapon is. They just made up the term. There's no such thing. You can't really ban an assault weapon. There's no difference between a regular rifle and what they call an assault weapon. There's nothing wrong with these things, okay? And they also talk about how if they ban assault weapons, they're going to come into your house and take your handguns from you and that there's no way we can have an assault weapons ban because that would be unconstitutional. What I have to say about these things are wrong, 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 okay? There is something called an assault weapon. Who defines what an assault weapon is? Congress. Congress did it before and they can do it again. It was found to be constitutional. The previous ban on assault weapons, which occurred in 1994 when President Clinton was president, lasted for 10 years and it was found to be constitutional. It was never struck down. And the Supreme Court, which upheld the right for people to own a handgun, never expanded that to anything other than a handgun. So Congress has the legal constitutional right to ban assault weapons, and they have the right to define assault weapons. It was not voided for being vague, like people think it may be. No, they specifically defined what an assault weapon was. Congress did it in 1994. Now, that ban expired in 2004 under Obama. They tried to extend it, but it failed, okay? So what we will be talking about when we come back from our break is what did the 1994 law actually say? What weapons were banned? What weapons weren't banned? And why were these weapons banned that were banned? What is an assault weapon? What's the difference between a regular assault rifle and a regular rifle? We will be talking about these issues when we come back right after break.
Hi, I'm Jerry from Hot Locks Hair Salon. We are conveniently located at 13414 US Highway 19 in Hudson. I've been a local hairstylist in our community for the last 34 years, seven of which I was an educator. Our passion is the artistry of hair, and Hollox is here to help you achieve your perfect image. You can call us at 727-514-9978. So if anyone's ever read federal statutes, it's one of the most boring things in the world, okay? But I took the time, because I am a masochist and I did this for you, to go actually go through the 1994 federal assault weapon ban and actually read the damn thing. And it's pretty interesting. No, it isn't. It's really boring. But I'm going to talk to you about it anyway. This is what kind of guns were banned by the assault weapon ban. And it's very specific, okay? But before I get to that, I want to talk to you about the exceptions, because there were a lot of things that weren't banned. First of all, they had a grandfather clause. That said that if you had a weapon, even if it was later defined as being an assault weapon, and you had it legally, you could keep it. So the people who already had these things that were labeled assault weapons, they didn't have to give them back to the government. They weren't confiscated. It wasn't a crime for them to own or possess it. Okay? It just barred new people from acquiring these, what were called assault weapons. So there was a grandfather clause that allowed these people to keep it. Second, they also specifically excluded 650 types of guns, okay? They uh, specifically listed them by make and model with 650 guns that you could keep, regardless of whether it was on the list, said these are not counted as assault weapons. I'm not going to go through all 100, 650 of those weapons right now with you, okay? Um, it also said that any weapon that's operated by bolt, pump, lever, or slide action doesn't count as an assault weapon. Any weapon that's been rendered permanently inoperable is an assault weapon. And an antique firearm is, an, is not an assault weapon. Or any semi-automatic that can't accept a detachable magazine that holds more than five rounds of ammunition is not an assault weapon. And any semi-automatic shotgun that can't hold more than five rounds of ammunition in a fixed or detachable magazine is not an assault weapon. So all those were automatically excluded. Everything I just said does not count as an assault weapon. Well, what was banned by that treaty, okay? I mean, by that statute, okay? What was banned was some, S-O-M-E capitalized, semi-automatic rifles, pistols, and shotguns. Not all of them, just some of them, okay? Now, I am not a gun guy. So I am going to do my best. I tried to learn this, but I'm telling you, I don't know anything about guns. This is not my cup of tea. I'm not a gun enthusiast. I have never shot a gun. Let me give you total disclosure. I'm trying to educate people who are like me who don't know anything about guns to understand it a little bit and also to educate the people who know about guns but don't know anything about the law so they understand things as well, okay? So the people who are gun enthusiasts or members of the NRA, you might laugh at me because I'm going to talk on a very simple level but hopefully what I say is accurate. If not, write me, call me, and correct me, okay? But let's talk about the type of things that were guns. The, the primary things were uh, semi-automatic rifles. Rifles versus pistols and shotguns. Shotguns are so esoteric, I'm not even going to talk about the semi-automatic shotguns. I'm going to concentrate on the semi-automatic rifles and the semi-automatic pistols, okay? But before we get to that, People like me are like, well, what's the difference between being automatic and semi-automatic? When you have automatic, that's when you hold the trigger and you keep firing. You just push the trigger once and it fires a gazillion rounds, okay? Machine gun, classic example of that, okay? The assault weapon ban had nothing to do with automatic weapons. Why? 
automatic weapons have been illegal in the United States of America since the early 1940s, okay? That's not what the assault weapon ban was dealing with. What the, sem what the assault weapon ban dealt with are what are called semi-automatic rifles, okay? Now, what's a semi-automatic rifle? The term semi-automatic is a little misleading. It's, not, it's a little confusing. It has nothing to do with it being an automatic. It's about self-loading, okay? Like a regular gun, each squeeze of the trigger fires one round. It's not like you press it once and then it fires a gazillion rounds. You have to keep pressing it. What makes it semi-automatic is that it's self-loading. Each time a load is fired, it is discharged, and the next round is automatically loaded to be fired again. So you don't have to go through the process of loading each time you want to fire. The loading part of it and the discharge of the previous round automatically happens. Okay, that's the part that's automatic. Okay, it's the loading that's automatic. What you have to then do is fire each and every round after that. Okay, it's normally called something called a closed bolt firing system. Okay, in a closed bolt firing system, a round must be fired, must be chambered manually before the weapon can be fired. When the trigger is pulled, only the hammer and firing pin move, striking and firing the cartridge. The bolt then recoils, you know, goes backwards far enough to extract and load the new cartridge from the magazine into the chamber, which is, makes it then ready again to fire once the trigger is pulled. Okay? Now, because the center of gravity in a closed bolt firing system, which happens in the semi-automatic weapons, okay, because the center of gravity doesn't change much, okay, the semi-automatics are much more accurate than automatic weapons which use the open bolt firing systems. So even though you can't fire as many shots if you have a semi-automatic weapon, you're much more accurate. That's why the military weapons have both settings to be an automatic and a semi-automatic because sometimes a semi-automatic, which is automatic loading, okay, the self-loading feature, it's more accurate, okay? So in some ways, a semi-automatic rifle, which is called an assault weapon according to federal statutes, some of them, not all of them, can be more deadly because they're more accurate than an automatic weapon. You trade off accuracy for uh, the amount of bullets fired when it's an automatic weapon, but you get more accurate and you can still fire a hell of a lot of shots with a semi-automatic weapon. Okay, so that's the difference between being an automatic weapon and a semi-automatic weapon. Okay, but what the statute said, the federal statute said, is that for something to be banned, it has to be all of the above, okay? Now, I'm going to go step by step by what was made illegal by the statute. I said all the exemptions had already occurred, but here's what was different, okay? First of all, okay, it has to be automatic self-loading, okay? Second, it also has to be able to have an attachable, uh, detachable magazines, okay? They have to have both of those requirements. If that second requirement isn't there about the ability to attach detachable magazines, it's totally legal, okay? And then, after that, you have to have two of the following as well. A folding or telescoping scope, a pistol grip, flash suppressor, bayonet mounts, and grenade launchers. Two out of the three, okay? And when we come back from break, I'm going to go over those five different things and tell you what they're about and why they make assault weapons so deadly.
Hi, I'm Jerry from Hot Locks Hair Salon. We are conveniently located at 13414 US Highway 19 in Hudson. I've been a local hairstylist in our community for the last 34 years, seven of which I was an educator. Our passion is the artistry of hair, and Hollox is here to help you achieve your perfect image. You can call us at 727-514-9978. Okay, we're back. Now let me go through once again what's required for the assault weapon ban to actually occur. It has to be semi-automatic, which means self-loading. It has to also be able to accept an attachable or detachable magazine. Okay, it has to have, be able to accept an attachable uh, magazine. Okay, and it has to have more than one of the requirements, one of, more than one of these. A folding or telescoping stock, a pistol grip, flash suppressor, bayonet mount, and grenade launchers. Okay, now if it only has one of those extra features, totally legal, not banned by the assault weapon ban. If you have two of these features, totally banned. Okay, now let's see what these features are. The NRA calls these cosmetic features. Okay, but let's go through what they actually are. Okay, a folding or telescoping stock. What does that mean? Okay, I'm not talking about the lens that you look at to aim and shoot to make things look bigger than they actually are. Okay, a folding or telescoping stock is about the actual butt of the gun. The stock is the butt of the gun that you hold against your shoulder when you fire the weapon, okay? When it folds upon itself, okay, it not only makes the weapon easier to handle, but then when you put it down and you aim, you can extend the stock, which makes it more accurate and much more deadly, okay? That's why that was of concern and why that's one of the things that if you had that feature, it could help make it an assault weapon. The pistol grip. The pistol grip is the thing that makes it look like a handgun, even though it's a weapon, even though it's a rifle. You see the picture behind me, you can see uh, very clearly that pistol grip there. Why is that a big deal? Why does that make a weapon more deadly? Because if you're able to hold it like a pistol, you can use your index finger to control the trigger and magazine release, while the thumb can control the safety or fire mode selector switch without needing to remove the palm from the grip. In other words, you can fire much more rounds if you have a pistol grip than if you don't have a pistol grip, making the weapon much more deadly. A flash suppressor is a device that's attached to the muzzle of the rifle that reduces the visible signature while firing. Why is that important? Because it limits the flash, and when you limit the flash, it protects the shooter's night vision, which makes them much more deadly at night. That's why the military has that feature in those weapons. A bayonet mount and a grenade launcher, they're pretty self-explanatory. You can have one of these features and it's not an assault weapon, but you can't have two of those features, okay? Now, the yet now, I don't have time to talk about the similar type of requirements for automatic pistols, okay? But the, uh, the bill actually banned other specific types of guns as well, like, like the AK-47s and the other military rifles that have been coming from around the world. Uh, they made those illegal. They made Tech-9s, which is the automatic handgun. That was made illegal as well. Okay, but the big thing, the big weapon that was banned by this that upset and pissed off most of the NRA was the AR-15. The AR-15 is basically the non-automatic weapon version of the military's M-16, which is used by our soldiers, okay? Why is it so deadly? Well, let's talk about the AR-15. Trivia question. What weapon was used at Sandy Hook? What weapon was used at Aurora? What weapon was used at San Bernardino, at Sutherland Springs, in Las Vegas, at Stoneman Douglas, at the Waffle House last week? Answer the AR-15, okay? This is not cosmetics like the NRA wants you to believe. 
Okay, it's not like putting a sunroof on a car or a racing stripe on a car. The telescoping stock, the pistol grip, and the flash suppressor were all designed to help kill more efficiently. If it's only cosmetics, why does the NRA care? Why is it so important for them to keep the racing stripe if it's just a racing stripe? It just doesn't make the weapon look cooler or badder. They were designed to make them more deadly. And, the, and believe it or not, the AR-15 is not like a regular gun. What happens when you get shot by an AR-15 is much different than if you get shot by a pistol, okay? Doctors have commented about how deadly these weapons are when they've looked at the injuries, okay? Let me explain to you. If you look or a radiologist looks at a picture of a person who was shot by a regular handgun, you can actually track the bullet going through the organ. It can kill you. It causes a lot of damage, but it's... But you basically just see a very thin bullet track going through the organ. However, when they look at people who were shot after these massacres, okay, by an AR-15, it looks like their organs were smashed by a sledgehammer, completely destroyed. It looks like it was smashed by a sledgehammer, okay? Now, why is that? Why is the AR-15 such a deadly weapon? Because of the size of the bullets and the speed of the bullets. The bullets travel about three times the speed coming out of an AR-15 than they do coming out of a handgun, and therefore have about three times the energy. That's why when they hit their target, forget about the fact that they can fire round after round very quickly, okay? It's that when they hit their target, and notice the AR-15 is much more accurate than an automatic weapon, because that's what the semi-automatics do. They are more accurate, even though they don't show as many rounds, but each round that does hit is much more dangerous than one round that hits from a handgun. Three times the energy because it's got three times the speed. Should these guns be banned? We're not going to talk about what should happen, whether we should bring back the, the ban again in the future or not. What I can say, though, because I am honest with you, is that statistics show that when this assault ban occurred during the 1990s, the amount of annual gun deaths in the United States did not declined significantly. They stayed about the same. The gun ban did not have an impact on the amount of gun deaths that occurred in our country. However, after the ban expired, the amount of mass shootings like Sandy Hook, like Miami, like Las Vegas, those all increased dramatically. So although the amount of people who die overall by gun violence was not affected by the uh, ban on assault weapons, there has been a massive increase in mass shootings since the ban expired. And the other thing that has to be pointed out is all the conservative lovers of guns who say that if you ban assault weapons and the government's going to come in and take your guns from you and you're going to be defenseless or we're going to be like Nazi Germany where Hitler came and took everybody's guns away, that never happened, did it? Back in the 90s, after Clinton signed this legislation, people who were allowed to keep their guns kept their guns. Those who were grandfathered in were able to keep their weapons. The government didn't come knocking and take away your handguns. People weren't prevented from being able to defend themselves or their families in the um, safety and security of their own homes, were they? No, they weren't. Okay? So that's a lie. And a lot of what the NRA says is a lie. Calling it cosmetic when these things are definitely designed to kill is misleading, isn't it? Okay? It's not just cosmetics. Cosmetics are makeup. Cosmetics don't change the actuality of a thing. Okay? 
what these features do turns a regular rifle into a killing machine, and that's why so many people have died. What should we do to fix the gun violence, which is a problem in our society? We're going to be talking about that in the next couple weeks of Fight Back. I told you I'm going to stay on this subject, and we're going to stay on this subject. Because I'm not going to keep my head in the sand. I'm not going to close my eyes. I'm not going to ignore injustice. I'm going to rise like a man, and I'm going to confront injustice, and we're going to fight back. See you next week.